This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode, special episode of the Stacey West podcast. Please be aware that these episodes are recorded whilst I am walking live in the Lincolnshire Wolds and therefore the sound quality may not be um, as expected for a usual podcast. Therefore, if you are put off by sound quality, me occasionally talking to my dog um, and other sort of visual cues that you won't see, then please don't listen. Uh, But I do add these to the podcast repertoire at the request of a large number of listeners who prefer not to watch on video. Also, my apologies for a second introduction theme. Uh, Enjoy the show. mainly because I want to release this as a podcast over the weekend, try and queue some content up. I'm not going to be available this weekend, I think, as a lot of people probably know by now, because I keep going on about it more than I go on about running. Um, so it's a, a weekend where I want some bits and bobs to come out so that I don't feel like I'm letting anybody down. Um, let me know about the sound quality. It's pretty windy up here today. I've kind of half tucked my phone into my sleeve, so I'm hoping that the sound quality is adequate. Uh, for a podcast if it isn't then you lucky people are just going to get this and that's all that uh, that's all that's going to happen so so uh, I'm kind of going to carry on a little bit with one of the themes of the other day so I did the podcast the other day about um, 
Uh, I can't remember what it was about now. Not Unsung Heroes, was it? Um, most Improved Player, that was right. Most Improved Player. So I did a podcast on on that. Wow, seems a long while ago. Two days, three days. Um, and also, I, I wanted to kind of flip that over. And I wanted to look at the most disappointing player this season. Now, usually I steer away a little bit from um, a lot of, from negativity. Um, not because I'm overtly positive. I'm not. I'm not like Cornell. Everything isn't brilliant in Gary's world. Just because sometimes I think the negativity can be quite reactive. So you can sign a player, he can have a bad game, and you go, he's not very good, and then look silly further down the line. Pordy O'Connor, lots of people did it first couple of games, and why have we signed O'Connor? And now, you know, he's one of our players of the season. So it's really easy to be reactive. It's also really easy to be critical about something that we don't know a lot about. That's the truth. We all think we know about football. I think I know about football. You think you know about football. The truth is we don't see these players day in, day out. We don't know them as people. We don't know them as personalities. You don't know what goes on in their private life. And therefore, to kind of label somebody as not very good or label somebody, and I've deliberately not used this word, by the way, but to label somebody as a flop can be quite harsh. Um, and the classic example, and, and this is one that we, we can debate till the end of time, is probably Drew Broughton, who came to the football club, who was utterly woeful, who I made the butt of jokes for 10 years. Uh, and then he released a thing about his, uh, released articles about his mental health, and he's gone into kind of mentoring and tutoring. And I kind of think, ooh, with hindsight, you know, was that fair bit of a pylon? Flop is a big word. I think disappointment is more in the eye of the beholder. So if, if a player is disappointing, it means you had a preconception of that player beforehand and then that player didn't live up to that preconception. It doesn't actually mean you're saying he's not very good at football. It means he wasn't what you expected or maybe perhaps in the wider context what we expected. Liam Cullen last season arguably was a disappointment. Um scored a couple of goals for us he wasn't terrible he's gone on to play in the championship and score goals this season so I think it's important to make sure that that criticism is always handled in the right way and it takes me back many moons ago oddly enough um to my first ever trip to the Lake District which is where I'm going this weekend I went on a management course there and we had um you know, one of those typical management courses where everyone's bigging everyone up and you climb things and everyone goes oh aren't we great for climbing things and building rafts and stuff and on this one, I remember us all sitting around in a um, in a circle, and we had to tell, give to, give everybody in the circle two points about them over the weekend, a praise and then developmental point. And that always stuck with me because he said it's not criticism; it's a developmental point. And I kind of like that. So when I'm looking at criticism now, I'm trying not to just say they're shit. You try and add some context. Anyway, as somebody once said, on with the show. I've done some notes. I've deliberately held it up that way. There's nothing on that side, but there are six names on this side. Six names for biggest disappointment player-wise of this season. I'm not talking about games. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about player-wise. Uh, and I'm going to start with a player who's no longer at the football club, um, Jordan Garrick. Now, again, and Connor's nailed it kind of here. He's, he's picked a couple that will come on to no fault of their own individual reasons for their shortcomings. When Jordan Garrick arrived, he looked to me like a natural kind of Harry Anderson replacement. Swansea fans said he could play a wing back. You know, he's a former rugby player, big, strong, quick, done well for Plymouth last season. He just looked like everything we wanted. In my mind, 
we had got the better of that deal or I understood that people thought we had got the better of that deal. We had Morgan Rod, uh, Morgan Whitaker, they had Jordan Garrick, Plymouth, the two swapped over. For me, it was like, well, surely we're getting a better deal now, aren't we? We're getting a player who's going who's gonna to kind of impact us and who's going to do what we want um, for the side. He started really brightly against Forest Green, one game, scored against Barrow in the Cup, got injured, and after that, he was just poor. Now, there were all sorts of reasons for that. You know, you're injured, you try and then come back in. It's a hard time, I think, to try and come back into a side when it's Saturday, Tuesday, cup games, league games, heavy pitches, cold weather. I think it's harder for a player to come back from injury and get match fitness at that time than it is coming in in March and April where the pitches are probably softer, the weather's a little bit better. Some You would expect that the, the schedule is a little um, a little more forgiving as well. Garrick obviously went back to Swansea for treatment. He came back in, but it was just disappointing. We never saw the Jordan Garrick, even that I think Forrest Green are seeing, okay, they've been relegated, they're poor. But he's gone in there and made an impact. He's gone in there and scored three, four goals. I think he's a player that still has a decent future uh, at, at League One. I think he'll drop into League Two with Forrest Green, probably do really well, probably rack up. Um, goals and assists and end up getting a move back into our division. He's still young as well. Um, and that'll make him even more of a disappointment at Lincoln, won't it? Because you'll go, wow, if he didn't get injured early doors, ifs, 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 ifs. He's my first. My second, I'm going to pick a player who, again, has left the club. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go through the players that are still with the club um, eventually. But I'll, I'll pick another player who's left the club. And he's, I think there's three altogether on my list that have left the club. Um, and that's Jacob Davenport. Oh, Joe, when Jacob Davenport arrived, I was I was so excited. Um, I picked him on one of my articles. He was young. Uh, he, you know, obviously he's got real pedigree at Man City. They liked him at Blackburn. I just, I had a kind of a, uh, and I know it's a different position, but I had an idea of a young Neil Erdley. You know, signing a player who was a bit broken, who was a bit kind of, not down and out, but was struggling to revive his career. Comes in, we get him fit, and he's an absolute monster for his year after year. I had that with Jacob Davenport. Liam Bridcut had gone. I thought Davenport, he can do that. He can do what Bridcut does. He can sit in front of the defence. He can mop up. He's but he's young as well. And for me, I I mean, I know he came in on a short-term contract, which immediately suggests to me that there was doubts at the football club around whether he could get his fitness back. There's no doubts about his ability. But I think it's fitness. I think has he lost that sharpness over the two, three years since he was a, a million pound player or whatever? The answer was he probably has. He probably hasn't. We don't know because we didn't see him. I saw him against Doncaster. We lost that game 2-1 in the EFL trophy. Only about a thousand and a half other people did. And you could see in little patches and little flashes, just the touches, the way that he was moving around the pitch, the positions he was taking up. It's like, this is the player we need. I'm sure we saw him again. Maybe for another 60 minutes in another cup. I don't think he completed 90 minutes. He certainly didn't make a league appearance in my mind. And it was just really frustrating. I mean, I I just thought that he had everything that we were going to need. When he left, I was I was gutted because I thought, well, where's the midfield now? He's gone. You know, I, I didn't see Lass as a central midfielder. It really concerned me. Then Ethan Araham signed. And he's like, ah, oh, that's right. You can have fit midfielders. 
you know, and after Liam Bridcott, who probably was one of the biggest disappointments of last season, to get somebody young, energetic, who genuinely, I think, if 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 Jacob Davenport could get himself fit, forty game season fit, I think he's good enough to have a, a career, certainly in League One, if not the Championship. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. He hasn't played very many minutes for Stockport, which I think is where he is now. I can see him probably ending up drifting into non-league football, and who knows, bouncing back if he ever gets fit, I, possibly. It was a real personal stinger for me as well because every year we kind of sign a player who I think this is gonna he's gonna be a big signing for us. Theo Archibald was one that we signed who I thought he's gonna be superb and, and then it just didn't happen. Um and, and this year that was Jacob Davenport, unfortunately. Third player, another player who I think has been one of the biggest disappointments of the season. And this one is uh, no longer with the club, and it's it's a sensitive subject, I think given the reason he's no longer with the club, but it's Jack Diamond. And I think the reason Jack is the biggest disappointment this season is not only because of what he's done at Harrogate, not only because of you know the race for his signature. You know, Lots of teams wanted Jack Diamond. It was that first week. Derby, Bristol Rovers, he got the goals. It's just like, this, this is finally, we've got it. By that point, we already knew Jordan Garrick was drifting in and out. We needed creativity in the wide areas. We needed players to, to take people on. I remember watching that Derby game and my dad saying, he's a real player. I can't wait to see him do his stuff. And unlike many of the other flops that we're going to, or flops, sorry, wrong word, on many of the other disappointments, this isn't like a lack of games or lack of opportunities or, or injuries. It's a lack of doing it when it matters. Jack Diamond had more chances than a game of Monopoly. And yet he never really seemed to take them. I can't remember a goal from open play in the league after Bristol Rovers. I'm not sure there was one. I think the only goal he scored from open play after Bristol Rovers potentially was Everton in the cup against Everton kids. There wasn't very many assists. You know, he, he ran down blind alleys. And towards the end of the season, I really began to think that Jack Diamond was perhaps, or well, the end of his spell, that Jack Diamond was playing for Jack Diamond. He wasn't playing for Lincoln City. He was looking for the headlines. He was looking for... You know, his next move. Obviously, we know what he'd got kind of going on in his personal life. I'm not going to discuss that. We don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, and it would be wrong to do so. I, I'm not going to say, you know, poor Jack had that over his head because that, that would be wrong. We don't know what's going on. Um, you know, for me, it's not particularly an excuse. You know, if there was... Um, you know, the, the club knew nothing about it when he was when he signed. It's my understanding that it had been kind of left at that point and then picked, but I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, whatever was going on, we're talking about disappointments, and he was a huge disappointment. And that wasn't just from a kind of signing to leaving. It was at times on a weekly basis. The guy that sits behind me, Steve, um, love Steve to pieces, critical as hell. Love him to pieces. Uh, and I know he watches the dog walk. So if you're watching it, all right, mate, you won't watch it now, probably watching it back. And you always know who's not playing well because you'll hear Steve just go, oh, fucking hell, Diamond. Fucking hell, Plans. Fucking hell, Sorensen. And he does it every game. And there's always usually one player that gets you four or five times. Like, it's almost like once a player makes a mistake, you look for the mistake. I don't think that's just Steve. I think that that's probably, you know, regular that's what everybody does if a player makes a mistake and then makes another one you notice the second one more than you do the first one Ethan Araham misplaced two passes I think on 
Tuesday night, but I'm damn sure when he misplaced the second one, people went, oh, that's a bloody second one he's done. And then it gets lodged in your head. But Steve, more often than not, it was, oh, bloody hell, Diamond. I think that says it all to me, really. I think that says everything that I need to know about Jack Diamond. Uh, Connor, I'm not going to add your list, but you are, you've only got one on your list. He's given me a list of four. He thinks to guess the rest of the list. I'm going to add an impromptu one on now. So that's three that have left the club. Jacob Davenport. I remember the other two. I better check my list. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Davenport, Jordan Garrick and Jack Diamond. Uh, I'm going to give a disappointment award out to a player. Disappointment award. Um, to a player who I think hasn't disappointed particularly at Lincoln, but has disappointed generally. That's Hakeeba Delican. Because Hakeeba, when he signed last season, I thought he was a big signing for us. I thought he played okay in the first game against Exit. A couple of wicked little crosses and things like that. By now, by the standard that we're setting now, the balls that we're putting into the box, the Harry Boys and the Las Sorensons, you know, it was average and standard. But at the time, we I thought, well, we need we need somebody to cross the ball. He's done well. He went out to Gillingham, and I'm just thinking he's going to go and do what Charles Vernon did for Bradford last year, or what Theo Archibald did on loan that earned him the move for Leighton Orient. And at least that makes him saleable in the summer. I'm not sure if he's still in contract, or it makes him somebody that we might be able to lean upon the season after. If you get Hakeem Delican firing, he's done it at this level before with Scunthorpe. He's not even getting in Gillingham's team. And that's a disappointment, not for anything he's done in a Lincolnshire, but just like it's just a huge disappointment, isn't it? Because he was such a big signing when he came in. He was really, really poor last season. Really poor in terms of application, in terms of endeavour, in terms of output. Uh, and he's gone over to Gillingham. You have, if you're a League One player, a senior League One player who's moved into the Championship before, and you move into League Two, and you can't get a game for a team that at the time were at the bottom of the table. I don't know where your career goes from here. I don't know who signs Hakeem Delican next season. If we don't, if I'm not sure if he's in contract with us or not. If he's in contract with us. He goes out on loan. Where? Where does he go? Where do you go if you can't get in the, the team that are at the bottom of League Two? The team's coming up ain't going to sign him. It's not like when if Sutton were coming up, you might see somebody like Sutton, potentially a team like that in London. If he's going on a, a, a cheap deal, for instance, we're giving him away and he's wanting to take a drop in wages, a team like Sutton might think, well, we'll take a punt. He moves a bit closer to home and hopefully kind of settles and regains his form. But I'd be honest... If he pulls on a Lincoln City shirt in a professional game again, I will not just be gobsmacked. I'll be absolutely blown over. So he's kind of the middle, the middle bit. If the sound for this is good enough for a podcast, I'm going to leave a couple of seconds here. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Which was for an advert. Now, just a word on the podcast. If you listen to it and you do listen to the adverts, we have addressed the gambling adverts. Not on my behest, I'll be honest. I don't have a fundamental problem with a gambling sponsor. We were offered a headline gambling sponsor from TalkSport for the podcast. Um, it would be wrong of me to say who they are, but they were a major bookies. We were given the opportunity to say yay or nay. We put it to a vote. I said yay. The rest of the team said nay. Perhaps the right call. I don't have a problem with it. So, you know, it is what it is, but we are a democracy. So what you've just listened to shouldn't have been a gambling advert. We are aiming to cut those out. And the only one that you will 100% never hear is the Sun newspaper. Because when we moved over to TalkSport, that was the one advert I said we wouldn't have. So we've had three players who have left the club. We've had one player who's left the club, but is still our player. We're now going to move on to the three disappointments in our current squad. And what I would say is, you know, we were talking about potential for most improved player and you know what that says about the squad. So many good players. Potential for player of the year could be any one of five, maybe even six. You know, the player of the year conversation has kind of come around to a point where Matty Virtue's not even getting mentioned in it now. And he was excellent, excellent up until his injury. But it's also telling that we've now, we're going to have seven players in total, seven Lincoln City players who are on the biggest disappointment list, three of which are loans, by the way, two which have already returned and gone. And our next entry on the list, Mr. Oakley Booth. Now, when Tashan signed, I had a, a, the live podcast with Mark Kennedy the same day. And I remember talking to him and he was um, he was saying how, you know, Tashan, lovely, soft feet, going to be great link-up player, going to be you know, really good for the club kind of thing. Um, he, they'd been keeping an eye on him since he was at Spurs. You think when he left Spurs, he went to Stoke. So he's not one of these players that's come out of academy and dropped straight into League One. He's a player that's come out of an academy and he's now fancied by a championship club, hasn't made it there. So then suddenly fancied by um, a League One club. I just thought it was going to be great. The first time I saw him, I worried. The first game he played, uh, I worried. Nice touches, nice feet, but physicality-wise, he looked far too kind of slight for me for this level. For And you don't have to be big and strong for this level all the time, but you have to show a degree of physicality, and he didn't. I backed him um, because I thought that he would have something to offer. And I think as the season's gone on, that has kind of waned. I think the big thing, the big turning point, although he, he hasn't really been seeing them a lot since Christmas, I think the big turning point was chipping them away because he just didn't, you know, he didn't have an impact whatsoever. And I know, again, he was a little bit unfortunate with an injury here and there. But when you're in January and you're signing loan players, knowing full well that it means that one loan player you've got ain't going to get a game, for me, that sends a really strong message. And I think... Had we had the option to terminate the deal, which I'm, I, I don't think that we did, or had somebody come in for Tashan and we hadn't just had to send him back to a team, you know, his parent team that clearly don't want him, I think he probably would have moved on. 
it was compounded the other night. Look, I'm not going to go on about it too long. But when he came on against Barnsley, that is the first time, genuinely, the first time I think in watching, certainly post 2016-17 Lincoln City or 2015, you know, or since, let's say since David Holdsworth, where I've looked at a player and I thought, you're not even, you're not putting your foot in here. And I hate to think that about a professional footballer, but I just thought he just did not look interested. You know, he played one pass straight to another player. There was the run from last, which even Luke Plan just kept up with. And yeah, he was just, I just thought Tashan was really, really poor. And I think he's been disappointing all season. I've just realised that I said that there were three lone players on my list of seven. There are four lone players on my list of seven. And the next one I'm going to come to has been listed on some of your comments, which I will come on to. And it's Luke Plange. Now, fundamentally, there is a good footballer in Luke Plange. Is there a good League One footballer? I don't know. Is there a good Lincoln City footballer? Absolutely not. I don't think it's a lack of endeavour. It's really easy. It's really lazy to say X, Y, Z players lazy. Don't think Plange is lazy. He runs, he works hard. I thought Tashan's performance, for instance, against Barnsley was lazy, lazy, lazily. Uh, but I don't think that um, Plange is a lazy player. If you were to ask Chris, podcast co-host, he would say that he's not an intelligent footballer. He doesn't make the right runs. He doesn't drop forward. He doesn't run back. I think he's a footballer that probably hasn't taken on board what Lincoln City are trying to do. And I think it's shown. Usually with a lone striker, even one that comes in that doesn't do particularly well. And Liam Cullen is a classic example because history will remember him as a player who didn't particularly do it for us, but he scored a couple of goals and he got in positions and missed a couple of chances. And when they're missing chances, you go, oh, they've missed that chance. They're no good. Tyrese John Jewell missed a chance. Was it South End when we lost 2-0 in that game? Oh, he's no good. He's missed this chance. Aside from Tuesday night, where he didn't get on the end of the cross, I haven't seen Plange miss an opportunity. And that's concerning. Now, I know, having chatted to people around the club on deadline day, Luke Plange was the number one choice. There was three other strikers that if Plange fell through, we would go to this striker, this striker, this striker. But Luke Plange was the number one choice to come into this football club and may have an impact. And he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it with goals. He hasn't done it with assists. He's a Premier League striker, I remember. He's with Crystal Palace. He'd been out on loan at Molenbeek in Belgium and scored some goals for them. I don't know what's gone wrong. I don't know what's gone wrong. I'm not going to say desire. I wouldn't call. Uh, I think it was a, just one second. There's a tractor in that field, Charlie. Can't go that way. We'll go down this way. There's a tractor in there, boys. One minute. Come on, let's go. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what's gone wrong. I just don't. I, he doesn't fit Lincoln City. I can't see him being a success in League One unless he's in probably playing up front as part of a two. I don't know if he's able to run off a big man. He certainly can't play as a as a three up top with two wide players. I don't think that he offers them enough. Um, he's had a couple of good games. I thought he played, personally, I thought he played relatively well against Barnsley um, a week or two ago. But there's no doubt that he's been a huge disappointment given that we needed the headline striker. We thought we needed the headline striker. We dragged the headline striker in, um, in Plange. And actually, we haven't needed him at all because Ben House has been excellent. Players around Ben House have done a decent job. I like Shadipo. Um, I like Danny Mandrew. Dylan Duffy's done well. We've been able to rotate those attacking options, score goals, 
and we've been able to do it without Luke Flange. What Luke's been is filler. He's been filler. He's been able to come in and go, when House is injured, you play Plange, and he hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't been good. He's just been beige. He's been like when you walk into a rental house and all the walls are magnolia. It doesn't stand out when you walk away. It's just the same interior as every other interior that you've seen. We wanted something different. We wanted something you know, impactful. We wanted a player who we could talk about in a couple of years' time and go, he did well for the club. And I'm not even talking about David Sommer or an Ashley Grimes. I'm just talking, I'm talking about a player like we had a, a month where a lad called Carl Court came in and he scored a goal and you thought, yeah, he's a good player. It wasn't massive for us. Didn't change the course of our history. Wasn't a player that you'll talk about for years and years and years to come, but just did something. And I think if you ask anybody, you know, what's Luke Plange actually done? Well, not his hard, not his work, not his, his contribution to the team because he's contributed. But a moment, tell me a moment that Luke Plange has caught your eye. And you can't, unfortunately. So that's five disappointments. Jordan Garrick, Tashan Oakley Booth, Jack Diamond, Luke Plange, all lone players, all disappointing. Hakiba Delican, a player that was subject to speculation at the beginning of the season anyway, probably never seriously in the plans, disappointing. And Jacob Davenport, a short-term gamble, disappointing. That's actually, there's a positive here to take away from this. That until this next person, there isn't a single first team player who I can class as disappointing this season. Or rather, a single Lincoln City owned first team player um, that can be classed as disappointing. But I am going to pick one. Um, and I think if you're going to have transfer misses, by the way, I would rather they were lone players where you've got no commitment and they go back. And aside from Hakiba Delican, and that was last summer, which at the time I said reserve judgment on, I'm not sure how bad or good this transfer window is, but actually now looking back, it wasn't a good window for us at all. Not really. Um, aside from that, I don't think that there's anybody massively disappointing. And people, somebody further up has put Charles Vernon, not for me. He's been unfortunate. He showed a lot of endeavour. He hasn't stood out. But in terms of biggest disappointment, there are so many players, so many players that have disappointed me more than Vernon. I just think Vernon's a little bit raw and a little bit naive, but he hasn't had... If he had had the same amount of chances, same number of chances in the first team as Jack Diamond, and you take away Diamond's penalties... I think open play goals in the league, Charles Vernon and Jack Diamond would be more or less level if they'd had similar minutes. And it wouldn't take a lot, would it? Because I think Diamond scored one, potentially two. Was it two against Bristol Rovers? There is only open play goals in the league. So for the final disappointment, and it pains me, it does pain me this, because it feels like I'm joining a pile on a year late. But my final disappointment is Joe Walsh. Now, this isn't because of his ability. Joe Walsh is a good defender. When he's played this season, he's been calm, he's been collected. I don't think he stood out to the kind of level that perhaps he did when he came in last season and the season before, because I think Adam Jackson's been excellent, Pordy's been excellent, Regan Poole's been excellent, Sean Rowan has been able to fill in on the left-hand side. So actually, Joe Walsh's absences haven't been felt as much. You know, he's a good footballer and that's what's really disappointing. 
because at the beginning of the season, you know, he was going on a plan. We were hoping he was going to get fit. We were hoping we were going to see more of him. He got into the side. He was playing kind of once every two games. He looked all right. Now he's just gone again. And when I say biggest disappointment, a lot of that disappointment is for Joe, not at Joe. Because there's a footballer here who, in three years at Lincoln City, should be approaching 100 performance, 100 outings like... Adam Jackson is, like Pordy O'Connor likely will do by the end of next season. Joe Wall should be approaching 100 starts. He should be a defender that's synonymous with a run towards the championship that was ultimately failed. He should be a defender that, well, last season we were saying, well, if it wasn't for Joe Walsh, we could have gone down. We're not. Because at every opportunity, he suffers another injury. And, and I, I, my heart breaks for him. My heart breaks for him because he's a good footballer. He's a committed pro, comes across as a really nice guy. But it's just so disappointing. So disappointing. Fucking hell. Did you hear that? That was a pheasant, like, literally sat right next to me. One minute. My dog's gone charging off after it now. Jesus Christ. Charlie, come on. If you're listening on talk sport, you don't get that every day, do you? Um, so, yeah, Joe Walsh, huge, huge disappointment. Huge disappointment both for him and with, and, and with him, I think. And I, I saw a report the other day from, ironically, a website that I own, um, but I don't, I don't have any editorial um, input. So uh, I saw a, an article by an agent, uh, or I assume it's been leaked by an agent, said we were in talks with him on a new deal. I'd be really, really surprised. Really surprised. Come on, boy. If that's the case, because I don't see it's worth another risk. Not with Lewis Monsmer injured now as well on a contract. Yeah, I just don't think that Joe Walsh's availability is enough for Mark Kennedy. And he made that quite clear, I think, when he released Jacob Davenport, didn't he? He said, you know, if you're not able to train and play every week, you're, you're no, good, no good to me. Essentially, I'm sure he used more understanding words than that. If we're going to focus any contract efforts, focus them on Adam Jackson. Taysom, if you're thinking about signing Jackson and Walsh, just sign Jackson and give him half of Walsh's wages as well and use the other half on a on an 18-year-old kid from the conference or whatever to fill in if we need to. Honestly, I think that that's the best way to go. Really, really harsh. I like Joe. I really hope that he sorts his injury issues out. We gave him a long-term deal you know, whilst he was injured the first time, which I think showed a degree of loyalty, um, which I think is commendable. We did it with Lewis Monsmore. We tend to support injured players. Matty Virtue spent much of his rehabilitation at Lincoln rather than back at Blackpool. I think we're good to our players, but that only gets you so far. You've also got to be competitive. And if you've got a central defender that's making 20, 20 appearances a season, 15 starts, or however much Joe's made, you know, harsh as it might sound, that just ain't enough. It ain't enough. Big disappointment. Right, let's flick back through some of your comments. Uh, I've pressed that one accidentally, but we'll go with it first of all anyway. Uh, so Rick Cracker says, Plange has been a bit of a flop. And I'll say disappointment, but yeah, 100%, without a doubt. Uh, so we're going to the top of the comments. Sean Simon says, morning, guys. Morning, pal. Uh, Steve Freeston says, it's fine. I'm assuming that's the sound. So hopefully you might be able to listen to this on TalkSport at some point. Bry Fox is on board. Hey, up, mate. I hope you're well. hope you're Okay. Uh, oh, I've got a bit of buffering. I hope the buffering hasn't been uh, for everybody. That would be a bit of a pain. Blake is in Thailand. Sounds good so far. Morning from Thailand. So I think we had Turkey and Bilbao on uh, Tuesday. We've now got Thailand. 
Connor picked Oakley Booth, Garrick and Plange. No fault of their own and individual reasons for their shortcomings. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Freeston said Adelican. I think he even put this before I'd mentioned Adelican. Um, Adelican was the same as Garrick, just never worked for him here. Connor said, if you could guess the rest of the list, Walsh, Vernon and Ioma Monsma. Well, Walsh, obviously, yes. Vernon, I've covered. I don't think he was a huge disappointment. I don't think it's worked out for him to the level that you would hope. I don't think he's been a huge disappointment. I don't think he's had as many chances. And he was really unlucky getting injured on the eve of the season. You know, he was probably looking the best in pre-season of the players that had arrived before the season kicked off. Got the injury, missed a game or two. And by that point, you're already playing catch-up. And I think he's just played catch-up for most of the season, to be honest. Um, as for Ioma, yeah, again, I can understand where you're coming from with, with TJ. I like TJ. I think TJ at right centre-back has got um, a decent future with us. Again, with him, it's just been unlucky, I think, with injuries and missing out at key times. And let's face it, when we've when we've tucked Regan Poole in from right-back into the right centre-back role, you know, it's, it, it's a case of the, the Sean Longs, isn't it? You know, you're a good player and you can do a job there. It's just we've got somebody else who can do the job and they're better. Um, I think with Poole going... Maybe we, we might look to sign a right wing back. We might go with Sorensen there, but it does open up the opportunity for Aoma at right centre back. And I think that'll be big for him. And as for Monsma, yeah, I labelled Joe Walsh as a disappointment, I think, because of the injuries. But with Walsh, it tends to be niggly injuries. He's back for a few games, he's gone, he's back for a few games, he misses a couple of games. You know, it would be just be pure disappointment for Monsma. I mean, to to kind of come back in the way that he did. Everybody championing him. Then the moment against Bristol Rovers, you get your ban, come back, and then you get your injury. I'm just desperately sorry for, for Lewis. A concern, concern for his future. Um, hopefully, you know, with modern day medicine, they can sort something out. But I don't think he sounds good for him at the moment. Connor also agrees with Adelica, and He seems out of the plans and can't get game time. Sound is still good as well. Craig Robertson, good to see you on board, mate. What's Luke Pan's actually done? Stolen a wage. That's what he's done. Um, yeah, no, I don't entirely like that saying. I can understand where you come from because it, you, you, you're picking up on something exactly that I've said. What has he done? He's worked hard. He's run. He's shown a lot of endeavour. There's an element in my mind of the Kevin Gall about him. Kevin Gall signed for us, came, wasn't particularly bad. It wasn't like he was misplacing passes or missing chances. He was running, working hard, just always away from the ball or you know, just, I don't know, you know, just, just blamange, just nothing, just is what it is kind of thing. And I think Plange falls into that. Got another international viewer. Good morning from Toronto, says Emily. Good morning from Lincolnshire, says Gary back. Steve Turner, morning, mate. Not the worst player, but thinks Shadipo is flattening to deceive and will not be back with us next season for me. I always think it's difficult with lone players because you automatically assume as a fan, there's a chance of him coming back next season. There may be no chance at all. I like Shadipo. I think he gets on the ball. I think he, he likes to drive forward. I think he's got a decent touch. I think he gets in good positions. He's one, unlike Plange, where you can point to it and say, well, he missed that chance, as he did the other night, or you know, he couldn't get it out from under his feet, or he scored a couple of goals. He has he has an effort nearly every game. I think there's, there's work to be done with him. But I think he's a player, you know, he hasn't had the chances because obviously another one who I think kind of picked up the injury and then dropped out the side, he's come back in, 
I think he, I think he looks like a useful player personally. I've got to disagree with you, Steve. I, I think he does. I think he's the sort of player that I would happily see sign next season. This coming from a player that backed Hakeem Delican and Theo Archibald, by the way. So don't always listen to what the so-called experts tell you. Owen Dawson pays your play for Walsh. How would he feed his family, mate? That'd be the question there. You've got no idea whatsoever, have you? Christian Keith. Hello, mate. How are you doing? More importantly, what do you think of the new Rancid single? Seems like more of a return to the self-titled 2005 album, doesn't it? Um, kind of more a, a heavier kind of thrash punk than the Scar and that, that kind of appeals to me more. So, but we shall see. Uh, new album is June the 1st. What I'm really looking forward to, and more importantly, is how good a Hell's Ditch going to be supporting Ferocious Dog at the Drill Hall. If you're on my on this now, there's 48 of you on there, and you like a little bit of either punk or, or kind of Irish-infused punk, stuff like the Pogues, you like a bit of um, pop punk, like your Green Days, your Blink-182s, there is a show on at the Drill Hall in August. Um, local band Hell's Ditch supporting Ferocious Dog, who are one of the hardest working bands on the circuit. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Two great bands. Get tickets, get yourself down there, make sure it's a sellout. When music like this comes to Lincoln, I'm not talking about big bands like Suede or whatever, they'll sell out. But when music from genuine hardworking musicians comes to Lincoln, to venues like The Drill as well, which is brilliant for those sorts of gigs. I went to see Beans on Toast there the other week. We've got to sell these gigs out. We've got to keep these musicians coming. Gas Brookfield came to the engine shed, but the upstairs bit a few weeks, a few months ago, and it was sparsely attended. You know, these music, £10 a ticket, £20 a ticket, the bargain these days as well. So get on it, get on it and support local band. Uh, Matthew Walker, agree with all of yours, plus Sam Long. Yeah, I feel sorry for Sam. I'm not going to call Sam a disappointment. I think that um, I think his from his point of view, his loan at Boston was probably disappointing, um, and then you know he just went to Bromley, didn't get the games there, or uh, they were doing relatively well, and then when their keeper does get sent off, he plays a game, and then we recall him. So, as I think I said on my chat the other day, when it comes to these young players, Sean Rowan shows that you can have a season in the wilderness or a season where you're not right in the headlines, and it's actually better for your progression. Sam will be better as a person for what he's experienced this season. You might not realise that, um, but he's an intelligent young man, so I think he will. It's character building, and uh, I hope he'll be. Hope he'll learn from it and be better from it. Matthew Walker, now that Sheffield United promoted, any chance of getting boys on a permanent deal with a sell-on similar to what we did with Grant from Forest? I would love that to happen. And six weeks ago, I would have said no chance whatsoever. He's not going to go and play at Sheffield United. They're going to want to loan him out. Is he at championship level? I'm not sure who would take him into the championship. I think if a team like Burton Albion, for instance, were in the playoffs and went to the champ went up into the championship, potentially so. Are a Bolton gonna take him? Ipswich, Plymouth, I'm not so sure. I think he's probably the one of all of the loan players that we have the biggest chance of taking back on loan next season. Shadipo's a player that I think we have a, a potential of taking on a permanent deal. Blackpool, I think, will keep Matty Virtue and I think he'll form part of their team next year, especially when they get a new manager in. But boys is one I would be happy to see come back on loan. Um, some more questions about, or more comments about Plange. Adam Barlow, Plange has to be the biggest disappointment. Definitely decent player, not worked here. And I think that actually perfectly sums up the definition of a disappointing player. When you know that they've got ability, you can see it, and it just hasn't worked out. I don't think it's a lack of effort. 
you know, and a lack of effort, I'll happily call a flop. But I think when you're working hard and you just maybe don't fit the tactics and you maybe not quite getting the breaks, you know, it's not injuries with plans because he's been fit. He's been, you know, he'll go on and have a decent career. It might be a Tyrese John Jules type career. It might be, you know, he pops up against us in League One on loan for different clubs. Burton Albion might take him or, or, or something like that. But he just hasn't worked here and he has been disappointing. And again, Clive says the same thing. Plange has the quality but doesn't seem to understand the plan, which is ironic. Plan, Plange. Uh, and Andy Blackburn, Plange might not have fitted into our way of playing. I don't think that that um, can be disputed at all. He hasn't uh, fitted into our way of playing. Neither did Tashan, which is why he's a disappointment. I actually don't think Jack Diamond did. And I think that's the fundamental difference going back to Shadipo, who I will defend with absolute passion. But I think when you go back to, when you compare Shadipo and Plange, Shadipo does try and fit into our way of playing. The nice moves and the passes that we've been making and the good goals we've been scoring of late, Shadipo is involved in a lot of those. Might be a little flick, it might be a touch, it might be the run. Okay, he's not doing it for 90 minutes as a whole. He's not grabbing the game by, game by the scruff of the neck and making it his own. But he's involved. He looks like he's part of the plan. We talk about how well we've done over the last six weeks, miss out, or the last six or seven games, missing out Tuesday, obviously. And Shadipo has been a part of all of that. So I think when you're beating Plymouth and when you're going six games unbeaten and when you're you know, on a run of form that's seen you securing 10th, when probably 16th looked more likely six weeks before, it's hard to pick a player and say a player who is a key part of that has been a disappointment. Plan has been a bit part player. Ben House has been the main driving force behind it um, up top. But Shadipo, Danny Mandrew, even Dylan Duffy of late, it would be hard to say that either of them haven't played a key part in it. It's like Ethan Arahan, it's like Lass Sorensen, it's like Matty Virtue. You wouldn't pick any of those. It's why I'd, I'll defend Shadipo. When Jack Diamond played, he got the ball and it was it was almost like somebody's got to do something for Jack in order for him to kind of thrive in that position. Whereas with Shadipo, he's just doing what everybody else is doing. It's the same part of the same kind of functioning machine. And I just think had we signed Shadipo in the summer and not Jack Diamond, we'd be going into the final part of the season and Midi Shadipo would have five or six goals and five or six assists. And I'll tell you something, look at the goals and assists return from Brennan Johnson. And if Shadipo had got 11, 12, he wouldn't be a million, million miles off Johnson. Certainly not if he took penalties away. And I'm not saying he's as good as Brennan Johnson. I'm not saying he would have been as, as effective. I'm saying but if a lone player like Shadipo comes in and he's got two goals for us, maybe an assist already, um, never really got going until March time, certainly didn't sign for us until the end of January, I think over the course of a season, actually, his impact would have been far better. And I think that he would be well worth investing in for next season. Um Neil Flower, I was at the training ground a couple of weeks ago and Tash and Oakley Booth looked really good, so disappointing in games. And yeah, and I think that goes a little bit as to why you know, I prefer to say disappointment because you don't know what goes on. Tashan apparently has been training really well. That just kind of rubber stamps that. Mark Kennedy talks about it, but it hasn't worked in games. Why? Why? There's got to be a reason for it. Um, but he's certainly not a player that I would envisage playing any part in the final two games of the season um, or coming back to Lincoln next season. Matthew Walker. Hello, mate. We'll get your second one. What's your thoughts on Charlie Kendall and what next for him? Um, so I think with Charlie, he's he's not had a bad loan spell at Bromley, but it hasn't brought the goals. Look, the next loan spell for Charlie 
has got to be one where he's playing regular football. And I think that's part of the problem. He's had football for Bromley, but he's been in and out the team. Um, it's got to be a team playing regular football. I think he comes back here. I think he has pre-season. What I would like to think is that there's a bit of the Lee and Cullum about him. Cullen, that he's gone there to Bromley, got regular football, not been amongst the goals, but developed as a player to a point where he can come back and impact our team next season. Whether that's from the bench, whether that's permanent, I don't see where he plays in the 3-4-3, the three, three, but I certainly see where he plays if we go with a two up top alongside a house or if you know we bring him on for the last 10, 15, 20 minutes. Look, Charlie Kendall couldn't have done any, any worse than Luke Plange has done since January. Again, my personal opinion, I don't see them on a day-to-day basis. But I think that for, for success next season, we have got to have another centre-forward who can play the 3-4-3, who could play 70, 80 minutes of a game and then be taken off late on and do what Ben House does. Um, intelligent, triggering the press, knowing when to drop forward, knowing when to run in behind, having the energy to keep chasing the keeper down 70, 75, 80 minutes into the game. We've got to find that centre-forward. Don't care if it's on loan. Don't care if it's one of the three that, I mean, one of them was the boy at QPR. Was it Benjamin, Sean Benjamin, possibly? Don't mind if it's one of those types of players, a Dan Lundley type player. Okay, we haven't had a lot of joy from an Lundley and Plange and Cullen, to be fair. But I really don't mind if that's who it is. We've got to find a player like that. Is it Charlie Kendall? Possibly not. If it's not, I see a loan spell. If it's a loan spell, it's got to be League Two. But it's got to be a League Two team that go, we're going to play him. The problem you've got is the teams coming up out of the National League are not going to loan a Charlie Kendall and play him. So it's got to be a team that are there at the moment. Crawley, I'm not so sure. Bit of a basket case. You know, is it a team down there, that down south, kind of, so it could be closer to home? I don't know. I really don't know. It's a pity that like a, a Boston United weren't promoted to the National League because... You could just see if, if a National League team that you're hoping might be top 10 come in and say, we'll loan him and we'll play him as our number nine. Brilliant. But he's got to get games. Dara. Morning, Dara. Mandrew or Shadipo? Mandrew. Um, I think Danny Mandrew's got the potential to be huge for this club. I think his skills are better than League One. I think that he te- he's technically a very good footballer. I think he's... What I'd say about Danny Mandrew is he's almost a footballer whose technical ability goes unnoticed. There were some moments on Tuesday where he was outstanding. And if you said to anybody, how did Danny Mandrew play on Tuesday? Maybe a six or a seven, tops. But actually, if you look at everything good that we did in the final third, 95% of it involves Danny Mandrew. And there was even a little, there was a, a moment I mentioned it in my blog where he's in the middle of the park. The ball's coming to him. He looks to his right, points to his right. His body dips to the right. The player in front of him thinks he's going to the right. And as the ball comes, he just turns, just takes it off to his left into space. To be fair, the pass that he played didn't make it. Okay. But it was just, it's just little things like that. I think they're completely different players, believe it or not. Shadipo wants to get on the ball, wants to run at you. You know, Shadipo wants to carry the ball. Danny Mandrew is almost like a, a kind of um, a fit, lean Matt Reed, in my opinion. So when the ball comes to Mandrew, it's almost like he's just wanting to play a pass and it'll be a smart pass, it'll be a clever pass. Some of his balls have been superb. Danny Mandrew, for me, next season should, given his own work rate and it's down to him, should be one of the first names on the team sheet. He really should, because technically there are few players at this level 
who are on a par with him. And that includes players at Ipswich, at Sheffield Wednesday. Technically, Danny Mandrew is as good as almost any player in this division. And given a pre-season with us, and if he stays injury-free and he just kind of picks up the pace and the, the physicality of the English game, as Jeff Hughes did, by the way, in his first summer, he will be a more important player for us in 2023-24 than Jeff Hughes was in 2006-07 by a mile. And bear in mind, Jeff Hughes on the back of that season and the move into the championship and went on to have a really good career. Danny Mandrew could do the same. And finally, Harry, Winkworth is still in northern Spain. Hello, mate. How are you? 48 minutes. It's not bad. don't think the wind's been too bad either, so hopefully I can release this as a, a podcast. If you're listening to this on TalkSport, the likelihood is it's on Sunday or Bank Holiday Monday. I'll have a banging headache. They're the biggest disappointments of the season. If you have any comments, please do leave them on whatever medium you are watching on, even if it is watching back. So if you're watching this back on Facebook, do leave them in the comments. I do endeavour to read them all. And also, I should really plug the YouTube channel. Um, we're going to be trying to do a, a few different things on the YouTube channel next season. We're going to have Charlie's previews videoed. I'm looking for a, some other content, maybe some sort of weekly or bi-weekly visual show to accompany the podcast. Um, with guests, not like Match Day Live because it was a professional thing rather than a guy with a phone walking his dog in the wind. Um, but might try and set some more professional bits and bobs up. I'll tell you what I really liked, just going off on one, I really liked the lockdown quizzes that we did. And people came on and kind of we did all that sort of stuff. It'd be nice to do something like that again. It took a lot of preparation, but if I can come across something easier to set up that's not quite as labour intensive because I don't have an awful lot of time, that'd be quite good. So. Right. Anyway, if you are at Morecambe, please do come and say hello. I won't remember, um, sadly, <laughs> but I'm going to be in some sort of fancy dress. My friends have not told me what it is. They all think it's absolutely hilarious. So I'm bound to look like a right numpty. Um, so come and grab a selfie with me looking like a numpty to remind me for years and years afterwards about my stag weekend, which I may need reminding because the plan is to be too drunk to remember by the time I hit Morecambe. I doubt there'll be another dog walk this week. If not, have a good weekend. I'll speak to you next week. And as always, up the imps. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.